this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Just some things that the Lord's put on my heart here. Number one is, guys, I just really sense a, a time to really pray. You know, the Bible's very clear. It says, watch and pray. Just begin to pray, guys. Pray, and one thing I ask that you get in agreement with right here in the church, that we really pray for rain, guys. We need rain. I mean, you see what's happening, food prices are going up and things are happening, and you know what, I want our farmers blessed, and I want our ranchers blessed, and everything else, our lakes need to be full, so I believe when we join and pray together and agree together, just like he honored Elijah when Elijah prayed, he'll honor us, and so I encourage you to do that. Also, as our ushers are getting you a Bible, um, I, I encourage you, men, go to the Men of Iron. It is life-changing, wives Kick them out of the house those few days. Tell them you got to go. you got to go. And I don't know if a lot of you know that, but uh, out of the four of the five of us, the two brothers, the two sets of brothers, we were all born again under my brother's ministry. And I'm telling you, all four of us were in trouble bad growing up. I mean, just stupid stuff. And every one of us will probably tell you, if it wasn't for Jesus in our lives, we'd all either be dead or we'd be in, in prison. And a lot of you say, yeah, we know that, Pastor. And so I say that to tell you guys, now all four of us are pastors. And if God will use us for, you know, I I like to liken it to God used a donkey one time. And so if God can use a donkey, he can use people. So listen, guys, don't ever give up. And you mamas that are praying right now for children, don't give up, okay? Man, I had a mama that prayed and prayed. And so, man, just keep praying, all right? That's some of the things. But this Sunday is the, the final Sunday on the, the battle for our hearts. And, man, I'm telling you, it's been life-changing for me. It's going to end with a great one. So come out on that Sunday morning. Bring your family and your friends. We want people to get saved. That's my goal, to see people get born again and grow up and become disciples of Christ. All right, if you need a seed envelope, raise your hand. We're going to jump right into our tithes and offerings. I'm going to read from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, once we get to reading here, you'll look and say, man, I've heard that and I heard that, but I want to reiterate something tonight, that God is a rewarder. God loves to reward. Actually, Hebrews eleven six says that he is and he is a rewarder, those who diligently seek him. But God likes to reward, and when it comes to the area of finances, God rewards good stewards. He rewards good stewards. Now, look here at, at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. But this I say... He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who gives or plants sparingly will also reap or harvest sparingly. And he who sows bountifully also reap bountifully. Now, guys, when he wrote this right here, he was writing this to a group of believers that were about to offer the sacrifice of their giving. They were about to offer, man, their offerings to him. And when when you begin to look at this right here, guys, This ties directly into Luke 6.38 where Jesus himself said, Give and it be given back to us. But once again, it's a choice here. You don't have to give. You don't have to give nothing. But listen, if you want to reap, if you want to harvest, you choose how you're going to give. Now the same chapter, look down to verse 10. And the next few weeks we'll break this down, but verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food, supply and multiply. Now, this is Father God. He does all this. May he supply and multiply the seed you have sown. 
The only seed he can multiply is the seed you have sown. So let me give you a little bit of elementary math here. He who soweth nothing reapeth nothing. Okay? That's pretty simple addition. And I don't mean to be ugly about that. I'm just telling you the truth here. And so guess what? Every one of us in this room, we decide what type of harvest we want to have. And I've said this many times, guys, don't ever judge people for what they have because you don't know what they've given to get it, okay? And so be a sower. Make that in your heart today and understand this. When I begin to sow into the kingdom of God, God will supply everything I need. He will, and he wants, he wants to, to multiply the seed you've sown. Did you get that right there? He didn't say, I want to add to your seed. He said, I want to multiply. God's in doubling. He's into doubling, okay? Not just a little bit. God wants to bless your socks off. All right. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you. Just thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, right now that you put this in every one of our hearts, that you are the God who loves to reward. And so we thank you for that, Lord. And, and, and the motive to, to give is not to get but give to give, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, our ushers are receiving that. Bless all of you once again. I'm, I'm glad you came out tonight. I mean, there's ministry all over this building. I mean, I love to go to our staff meeting on Tuesdays and see how many children got born again and see how many teenagers got born again, and it's happening. I mean, they are getting born again and serving God, and it's, it's wonderful to me right now. we got a pack of teenagers that are coming that their parents don't come here. And we got a pack of teenagers that come here that actually their parents don't serve God at all. And I see these teenagers coming in here that they're, they're hungry for the things of God. And one of them said, said recently, said, I love to come here because I don't feel like I'm judged. I can just come in here and be me. And so it blessed me so much. And so I say that thank you for all of you who are giving because it helps us to do this. Now, Turn with me into the book of Philippians, chapter 2. If you've been here for the last few weeks, actually this will be the fourth week I believe we've talked on this, we've been talking about the authority of the believer. Man, we, we've laid a foundation, we've laid a foundation, and I've told you I'm going to try to slow down here and just be able to teach a little bit more on these Wednesday nights. I, I go back to my life over 30 years ago, guys, and this is what I cut my teeth on. And man, I thank God for this heritage. Now understand this with me, guys. I didn't ser start serving God until I was in my 20s. I didn't know there was a God as a teenager. I mean, I didn't know nothing about the kingdom of God. But once I began to see these things and realize that Jesus loved me, man, there was a huge change in my life. And so when we go back and review just a little bit, last week in, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus himself said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and here on earth. And then in verse number 19, he said, go therefore, or therefore go. So when Jesus said that, he was telling me and you that all the authority that he has, he's given it to us. So guess what? We come under what we call delegated power. Where does that come from? From Jesus. Now, if you were here last week, remember the illustration of the police officers. The police officer is no match for a car going 35 or 40 mile an hour. But because of the delegated authority that's been placed on his life, once again, when he does this, if you're smart, you'll stop. And when he does this, you'll go there. And so he's operating under delegated authority. 
Now, when we look at this tonight, starting here in Philippians, we must understand, since he's given us delegated authority, how does that look and what do we do? Okay? Now, this is going to answer some questions for you tonight. Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse number 7. Let's begin. And I know I'm starting in the middle of a sentence, but it said, but made himself, talking about Jesus, of no reputation taking on the form of a bondservant or a servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. Now remember a few weeks ago we talked about this, that when Jesus was sent to the earth or he came to the earth, he was born as a man. He walked this earth as a man. He was tempted and tried as a man. And many times you'll see in there in the scriptures that Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. So guess what? This is what he's talking about. He came as the, as, as the Son of Man, or in the form of man. Keep reading with me here. And, and he humbled himself, and he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now when we read this, Jesus himself, he didn't look for any special privileges. He didn't look for any shortcuts, guys. He knew to fulfill the plan of redemption for each one of us, he was going to have to take our place in every area of our lives. And so Jesus was tempted as a man. He died as a man. But I love this part right here that it says he became obedient to the point of death. Who did he become obedient to the point of death for? Not for himself. He was without sin. So it's for me and you. Now keep reading here. Verse number 9, therefore, I like to look at it this way, because of that obedience, therefore God also has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name which is above every name. So right here, because of the obedience that Jesus lived, God himself elevated Jesus to the highest place there was. And God right here, it said, I gave him the name which is above every name. Now look what he said here. Therefore God exiled exalted him, giving him the name. Verse 10, keep this in mind here, that thought right there. That at the name of Jesus, and he tells me that name that's the name above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow where? Of those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Now, can I tell you about verse 11 here just a little bit, that every knee shall bow and confess him as Lord? You're going to do that one way or another. You're going to do that willingly right here on earth, and you're going to receive him. Or in this second life called eternity, you're going to bow to But one way or another, he's going to be exalted as the Lord, okay? Now, I, I encourage you, receive him as Lord while you're right here on earth, okay? You don't want to do it the other way because it won't be good. Now, once again, right here, he says that Father God has given him the name above every name. Where was that name good at? Where did that name have cloud at? In heaven. Where Jesus right now, according to the scriptures in Ephesians 2, says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Right now. In earth where Jesus walked as a man but never succumbed to sin. Or also in hell. And remember, guys? If you study the scriptures, when Jesus died on the cross, 
He went to the belly of hell for three days. According to Colossians 2.15, remember, it said he spoiled principalities and powers. So Jesus' name, guys, I hate to disappoint you, but it puts Visa and MasterCard to shame. It's good in heaven and on earth and in hell. So when that name of Jesus is spoken, guys, I'm going to tell you, it gets heaven's attention. It'll get attention right here on earth, and it'll sure get the devil's attention. Okay? Now just keep some of these thoughts in here. So the name of Jesus has power and authority. But I must learn to use that name. I must learn to speak in that name. Now when I speak in the name of Jesus, I am saying who my authority and my delegated power is from. So every time you begin to speak that name, you're saying, I'm not coming to my own ability. I'm not coming to, I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. Now to understand this a little more, let's go to Ephesians. Turn back to your left just a page or two. Ephesians chapter 1, and we dabbled in this a few weeks ago. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, when you, when you study the Bible, the Corinthians, Galatians, uh, the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Thessalonians, those are called the epistles, guys. Those are written to me and you as believers. And when they're written to me and you as believers, a lot of times they're just like prayers. I encourage you to get a hold of these and begin to pray them over your own life. Begin to pray them over your children. Now watch what's going to take place here and you'll begin to see some of that. Ephesians chapter 1, let's begin in uh, verse 15. It says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking. And note he said, I'm making mention of you in, in my prayers. Now, pay close attention right here what he prays. And this is a great prayer that I encourage you to begin to pray over yourself. Verse uh, 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now look what he just said. I don't know about you, but what would happen if I would begin to say, Father God, I, I pray for your wisdom today. I pray that you give me a revelation of you. Now, I hate to admit this to you, but this is the truth. There was lots of times in my life, the only thing I ever prayed for was my physical needs. In other words, Father God, I need more money. I need help. I, 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 need, I need this bill paid. I need my... And listen, guys, God's not against that. But understand this. There's a lot more things that we ought to be praying for than just our physical needs. And so he mentions this in verse 17, but keep going with me. He doesn't stop there. Look in verse 18. And the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Now, there's a couple big nuggets in there, guys, that you can begin to pray. And this is how it looks. Father God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that the eyes of my understanding are being lightened. And I thank you, Father God, that, that you're helping me to know what my calling is. Now, how many of you in here knew that you had some riches that are the inheritance of the saints? 
If I don't know what my inheritance are, how can I ever live them? And so what he's saying there is I'm praying that you begin to understand what your inheritance are as saints. Every one of us got inheritance. Can I give you a clue what one of them is? Colossians 1.13 says he's delivered you out of the power of darkness. Woo, I love that. I stand on that and I still stand on that. That is rich in me because I grew up as a teenage alcoholic and that, that scripture right there set me free, okay? That word of God right there, that inheritance that said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness. I started realizing, that's my inheritance. I might as well start living with it. But he doesn't end there. And so look what he says in, in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? How many do you know that there's a power for every one of us in here to believe? who believes? According to the working of his mighty power. Now, once again, if you're born again, guys, there is a power that's part of your inheritance. There, and i got to get a hold of this tonight. Now, keep reading with me here, and he's going to inform me of some more things. Verse 20. Which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead, and he seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age, but the age which is to come. So when I read what he's talking about here, the connection between Jesus being raised from the dead and Jesus having the name above all, it agrees exactly with Philippians 2, what we read. That because of Jesus' death here on, on the earth, on the cross, and then he rose from the dead, God said, I'm giving him a name which is above every name. Now, as I read that right there, let me ask you something here. For what purpose was Jesus raised from the dead? And for what purpose was he given the name above every name? Look at verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. You know why he was raised from the dead and you know why he has the name above every name? To the church. Do you know who the church is? You and you and you and you and you and me. This was why Jesus was given the name. And so right here, if you'll note in there, he put all things under his feet. Not only right now, but in the age to come, into eternity. There will be nothing that's not under Jesus' feet. Now get verse number 23. Let this get inside you. He, he ends in verse 20, to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. So the church is the body of Christ. Now once again, Jesus himself was referred to as the head. He's the head. Me and you are the body. And he said, the fullness of all, of everything he died for, is for every one of us in this room. For all and to all. So if you're born again, guys, you have legal rights to this. But how many believers know that? A lot of believers, we have the mentality, well, it's all going to be great when we get to heaven. Well, I agree totally with that. The only issue I have with that is I'm not in heaven. And you're not either. And you think about this, 
if, if God's desire for us to be born again was to go to heaven immediately, then when you got born again, why didn't He just FedEx you overnight and send you there? That didn't happen, did it? No, you know what God said? I want you and you and you and you and you to be the light of the world. I want you to tell people about me, and I want you to get as many people with you can, as you can to go to heaven. Now, in order to do that, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to delegate you the authority and the power. I'm going to delegate my name to you. Now use it. Now use it. Now to look at this a little deeper here. Look with me into the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. Understand this, guys, and for every one of us, all of Jesus' achievements and all his victory are now invested in his name. And when it said there what we just read a minute ago, that it's the name above all the principalities and powers, those are those demonic forces. So when I read this and understand the name of Jesus, when I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus. When I pray and I worship, I praise and I worship in the name of Jesus. When I have to combat the enemy, how do I do it? I combat him in the name of Jesus. And so in him I live and in him I move and in him I, I have my being. But the key for every one of us in here, or the issue, is I've got to get a revelation of that name of Jesus. I've got to get an understanding of that name of Jesus. In other words, it's got to come alive on the inside of me. I've got to begin to believe that when I speak that name of Jesus, man, things, things happen. And that's, that's for every one of us. But the only way this happens is when I begin to feed on the Word and I begin to understand all my inheritance, what Jesus has done for us. And so the goal is tonight is to get you where you begin to see, I got a revelation. I got an understanding of that name. And you know what I love about the name of Jesus? It never says in there, now while you're on this earth, you, go, you only got a thousand times you can use it. Man, I wear that name out. I mean, let that jump out. You know, when I got born again, I, I didn't have a lot of knowledge of the Bible, but I, I began to get a hold of the name of Jesus. I mean, I think at times that's all I would say, the name of Jesus. The name, I mean, I was speaking that name. If any of you have ever prayed with me, you'll hear me say it over and over, in the name of, in the name of Jesus. In the name, man, I'll use that name. Now, I believe this will be significant, this passage of Scripture, for every one of us in this room here. Matthew 16. Start with me in verse 13. And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So some said, You're John the Baptist, and others said, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now that's the, the million dollar question right there. Actually the billion dollar, trillion dollar question. Who do you say that I am? And that's the same for every one of us in this room. If you'll note what Jesus said to them right there, he didn't say, who does your grandmother say that I am? Who does your father say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And that's what it'll come down to every one of us in this room. I will have to decide who Jesus is. And so they said to him, some say he's a prophet, some say you're a priest, some say you're John the Baptist. But Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16. 
And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you know what, you know what Peter just confessed there? He confessed Jesus both as the Messiah, but also as divine. He said, you're the Christ, and you're the Son of God. Now, when I read this here with Peter, guys, I believe this was a revelation. That he, got a revel he had an understanding that you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. And this is big that every one of us in this room understand this. That this is what it'll happen, have to be for me and you. And so when, when Peter gets this revelation, he confesses out of his mouth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. You know what that is for me and you? That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. So Peter right here, he signifies salvation or being born again right there with what he did. Now Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to say in verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven has. So right here he tells me, Oh, oh Simon, he got a revelation. He figured out who Jesus really was. Verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, who did Jesus say right here would build his church? He said he would. He said he would. And when Jesus said this, guys, he was saying, I'm going to build my church out of stones or rocks that are just like Peter. The very ones that confess me as Lord and Savior, I'm going to build my church out of you. Man, I look at that and I think, man, that is awesome. Now look at the last part of, of verse 18. Look at this promise. And he said, and the gates of hell, or the gates of Hades, shall not prevail. They shall not prevail. But to go ahead and help me and you to go ahead and, and, and move his church forward right here on the earth, Look what Jesus does in verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Note that, note that. I will give you, you who have been born again, my church, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The ones who respond to Jesus, just like Peter did in verse, seven, or verse 16. Now, note something there what Jesus said. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Keys of, notice there he didn't say, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, I've always wondered about that. And so I'm studying this and I said, Lord, help me with this. And so here's the, here's the analogy that just the Holy Spirit just showed me. Let's just say tonight, I, I'm going to stay over here at the Embassy Suites. And I go in and I check in and register, and the clerk looks at me and says, here's the key to your room. You know what that key to that room does for me? It gets me into that one room. Just one room. But if I've got keys 
of the kingdom or keys that belong to the whole kingdom. You know what that tells me? I can go anywhere I want. I can go to every room of that hotel. I got the key. And so think about that right there. He didn't say, you know what, I'm going to limit you here. I'm going to give you uh, uh, um, access to everything I got. And you guys should have shouted. You missed a great opportunity to shout right there. And I think about that. Jesus himself, he, he invested in me and you, the church, and he said, you know what, I'm going to set you up with victory. Now, I don't know if you like the old Western. I used to love gun smoke. But with the guy who had the keys, you know what he had? He got the power. You know, remember Festus, he always had the keys. Some of you don't even know what show I'm talking about. It dates me once again. Just trust me. Who's got the keys got the power. And so he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now get this and note here, you. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So right here, everything that Jesus did, he said, I'm giving you all the authority. I'm giving you everything you need. You got the keys, and above it, you got my name. And so what does it mean to bind? When I bind something, that means to declare as improper or unlawful. And when I lose something, that means I declare it as proper or lawful. So here's the question that when you go to loose and to bind, you can always ask yourself, is this permitted in heaven? If it's permitted in heaven, then man, I loose it. What do you mean I loose it? I begin to say, I thank you, Father God, that the things that are in heaven, I use my authority in the name of Jesus, and I use that here. Now, listen, listen. If you can ask yourself, is this permitted in heaven, and you know it's not, you know what you do? You begin to bind. How do I bind? I say in the name of Jesus, I bind you up. I bind. Now, if you look what he said, whatever you bind or loose, where? Right here on earth. Once again, guys, we've got to understand this. Jesus has already done everything he's going to do. So guess what he's done? He said, here, boys, here, girl, you got the keys. You got the keys. And so when you begin to see things that are happening in your life or in your family, buy that junk up. I mean, you need to put on that clothes where you go around and say, man, I loose, I bind, I, I, I rebuke, I pray. I bind, I loose, I rebuke, I pray, all in the name of Jesus. And it takes you to start getting that revelation. And I'm going to tell you, when you begin to do that, you'll start spitting like I do. I mean, you just start flying. You just don't care. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Now, When you begin to see this, guys, this is the delegated power. But once again, it's all done in the name of Jesus. All done in Him. And so when you see right here, you can understand why Jesus called the power of binding and loosing the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I got the keys. I got the keys. And so I encourage you, when you got stuff happy, you begin to bind that junk up. You say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not lawful in my home. And you begin to loose the blessings of God, and you begin to loose the things of heaven. And guys, I'm going to tell you, this has stirred me back up. Where I'll look in my life, and at times, and I think, oh, Father God, i got to step out here in the name of Jesus, and i got to trust you, and i got to believe in that name. And that's a good place to be. 
That's a good place. Now, listen, guys, don't do this because Pastor Stormy told you. I come in the, the name of the, the Jesus that Pastor Stormy serves. I have no clout, guys, okay? I'm just as human as you and me. But when you begin to get a revelation of that name, I believe Jesus is saying to the church right now, wake up. Wake up. Quit allowing the devil to bully, to bluff, to dog you. When you see stuff that's happening in your home, bind that up. Tell it to go in the name of Jesus. And begin to speak this. And so once again, we can get ready to end here tonight. Man, I got delegated that power. But I got to know what it is. And I got to know how to use it. You know, I shared this last night at Tuesday night prayer. And I, and I encourage you, if you ever come across this lady's books, her name was Catherine Kuhlman. It's K-U, I better not even try to spell it. Kuhlman with a K. This lady, guys, she, she would have incredible healing services. Way back, she's dead and gone home to be with Jesus. And she would do them in a Shriners Auditorium in L.A. and then again in Pittsburgh. People would literally wait three, four, five hours to get in. I mean, they would be lined up. Kind of like our society is to football games now. But I believe the church is coming back, guys. I believe this with all my heart. I really believe that. And people would come in there, and I would see pictures of her. She, she was a little bitty red-headed woman. And she would always wear this white dress. And over and over and over and over, when the Spirit of God would begin to move, and she would just speak in the name of Jesus so sweetly. I would hear her say this. Oh, Lord Jesus, you get all the glory. Oh, Lord Jesus, you get all the glory. Why am I warning you that? Because a lot of times as human beings, when we start using the name of Jesus and we start seeing things happen, we start getting to the point in our lives where we think, you ain't got nothing, darling. I don't have nothing. It's again to say, oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to use your name. And I give you glory, and I give you honor, and I give you praise. And guess what that does? That keeps you in balance where you realize, all I am is the messenger boy. When I preach up here, all I am is the newspaper boy. I just throw in the newspaper. There, catch it. Hey, it's all I am is the delivery boy. But oh my goodness, when I start understanding my authority in the name of Jesus, and I can tell you story after story after story about the name of Jesus in my own life. I'll end with this one. There was a time that, how many of you have ever been in a situation where you just sense fear? Fear was all over you. Man, I was in a situation like that, and I grew up in my house with big old St. Bernard's. I mean, big ones. You mess with us, you get Goliaths, I'm telling you. Those dogs were huge. And one night there was a situation where my mom and dad were gone, and I, I got over to their house, and my youngest sister, she was there, and she said, somebody's in the house, somebody's in here. Man, I walked in the house, and every hair on my body stood up. And back then I had a lot more hair than I do now, so it really stood up. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, oh, God. And so I thought, well, we can't run and hide. We can't go get under the pillows and the covers, man. So you know what? I said, okay, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Well, I tried to let the big St. Bernard in. This St. Bernard won't even come in. Never had done that. I mean, an opportunity to come in the house is a big deal. And I thought, somebody's in here. So I begin to walk, and I'm telling you, everything within me was freaking out. 
And right then, I started speaking in the name of Jesus. I just said, I thank you, Father God, right now for the name above every name. And the more I begin to speak it, the more I begin to sense it. So come, just start going down, going down, going down, going down, going down. I say that, that I don't care what's going on. There's times when you go into your children's bedroom and you sense the spirit of fear and you sense they're having not Speak the name of Jesus right then. Take authority over that. Go. And guess what? There'll be times every hair in your body's going to stand up and everything within you is about to say, freak out. And that's when you stand and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. Woo, greater is he that's in me. That's First John 4, 4, greater is he. Well, you begin to speak. You begin to speak now. Stand up. Stand up before we get fired again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.